I can't seem to stay in the habit of hanging up my clothes or putting it in the hamper at the end of the day. So your your partner has ADHD. Yeah, and a lot of the things that he does are things that I used to know do when I first got diagnosed and my friends would complain about, but it's very hard and I, I don't want to be a teacher. Is there a type of calendar slash planner slash to-do list recommended? In the near future, I may be living alone for a long period. How can I keep up some measure of accountability? ADHD Rewired, episode 192. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Registration for ADHD Rewired's 11th season of coaching and accountability groups starts today. Go to coachingrewired.com to schedule your registration interview with me. Same day appointments may be available. Registration ends November 22nd, but don't wait to schedule your interview and schedule your call early to avoid getting waitlisted. Go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. This Friday, November 17th, is the deadline to apply for the $700 Coaching Group Scholarship. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash scholarship to apply. If you're catching today's episode on Tuesday, November 14th, and it's before 12.30 p.m. Central Time, that's 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern, then join us today for our live Q&A. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. That's ADHDrewired.com slash events. Or just click the events tab at the top of the homepage. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. I am joined once again for our live Q&A with my co-host and future podcaster, Brendan Mahan. Hey, Brendan. How are you, Eric? I am good. And we should have more slashes there. You're a coach. You are a counselor. You are a on the ADHD Rewired um, coaching and accountability group team as far as you're one of um, our leader mentor alumni. Um, yep. So we've known each other for a while. And, um, and Tom Nardone is here. Saying hello. What's up, Tom? Oh, uh, and Tom, I did see your question and absolutely. So Tom did ask me and he had a question he submitted ahead of time, advanced planning. If it makes me upset to, that people confuse Jethro Toll as a member of the band and absolutely. So time for some real ADHD related questions, but questions that had nothing to do with anything are also somewhat ADHD related. Okay, so I want to start um, I posted yesterday evening in the Rewired community um, that we're having this live Q&A and asked if people um, have any questions if they couldn't attend live. And there was a question by Daniel. And um, Daniel asked, 
Uh, do you have, let's see, no, that's not Daniel's. Where did Daniel's go? Um, Daniel asks, do you have any tips for taking notes, writing reminders in conversations? You can't stop uh, like lectures and meetings. I, I really love this question. You know, I think one of the, the first questions is, I would ask is, do you really need to take notes in this environment? I used to struggle with this more so because I had this, this one, when you realize that, that you, we suffer from CRS, um, can't remember stuff. Squat. <laughs> exactly. So we have this feel like this fear that we're going to forget something important. And so we try to capture everything, but how often do we actually go back and look at those notes, right? So the first thing is to, is this something I really need to take notes on? So that's one question I would ask. But as a student, now there is a piece of technology that I wish I knew about when I was a student, and that's the LiveScribe Smart Pen. Um, because it would have totally changed the way I, I uh, took notes. So instead of trying to capture everything, because one of the challenges is an ADHD, it's sometimes hard to... Um, identify what is really important in um, within all of this information. So it's it has to do with prioritizing um, and, and being able to to um, inhibit the details and side comments to really be able to synthesize. Wait, what do I really need to know here? So with the LiveScribe Smart Pen, this is a pen that uses special notebook paper. And in the notebook paper, it has a little recording button on there, and it uses a special pen. And with the pen, so you would tap on that button that says record. And just to make a comment, the word said the chat is strange, strangely empty, totally distracting me. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to open that and then put it to the side so it doesn't distract me. I, the irony, I know. Um, so the, the LiveScribe smart pen, if the way that it does is as you're writing something and it's so you hit record and it's recording. Now, as you're writing, it's time stamping what you're writing. So when you go back to your notes, you take that pen and you tap on what you wrote and it's going to play back for you what was being said at that time. So the way this would change would have changed my whole note taking process for me is instead of trying to write down every detail and then missing some of it. And then my the professor has moved on and now I'm lost, right? I would have maybe wrote down a word or two that would be sort of that, that place mark for me. Um, or I would have maybe said, you know, made a wrote WTF question mark. And then I would have come back to that later and say, okay, I was confused here. Let me go back and listen to that. So that is one of the, the ways. Another way is learning to draw your notes you know, it, it's, it takes practice, but our brain understands visual imagery better than it's going to understand words. Now, this does take practice, though, right? So this often uses symbols. And the neat thing about this is that our brain can visualize those pictures better than it can visualize words. For, for most of us, we all have different strengths uh, in, in the way we learn. When you can't stop a conversation, you know, well, in, in a lecture, you know, you're paying tuition, you can raise your hand, you know, it's, um, and if you have that question, there's a good chance that somebody else also has that question too. So don't be afraid to get your money's worth uh, at your, your college um, by raising your hand. Now, Brendan's background is in education. What's, yep. what do you have to add to this? You've covered a lot of it. One of the things that, that I recommend with my clients is that they take notes in multiple colors. 
So, and one thing, you don't have to write everything down. You can write three or four words down if it's going to be enough of a trigger to remind you what's going on. And when you mix into that a green pen and a blue pen, all of a sudden that memory comes back a little more readily because there's different colors. And the other thing it does is the way I do it when I was getting my master's degree is I would take notes in one color until the topic changed or there was a new concept and then I would change colors so that I could easily go back into those notes and find each given concept as I went through. And again, don't take, you're not writing down word for word what's being said. You're writing down the highlights and ESPN highlight reel is not that long compared to a basketball game. You know, it's like 30 seconds out of a two hour, three hour game. So don't try to write everything down. You'll fall behind. Just write down a few words, a main idea and move on. I think, I think that's great. And, you know, and to even asking yourself uh, um, during your lectures is, do I know this? Do I understand what, what was just said? Mm-hmm. Right. That act of going into recall right, is actually part of the learning process. Uh, and there's a great book, um, it's called, uh, Make It Stick. It's a blue cover. It's the science of learning. Um, I would highly recommend it to anyone, especially in higher education, um, if they are yeah. really trying to, to learn how to study. We, we had a conversation yesterday, one of my coaching groups, um, about someone who's, who's getting ready for the, uh, the MCATs. And, you know, I asked him, like, do you actually know how to study? Because for so many of us, I mean, for me, you know, when I was in college, like my study strategy was lots and lots of time, right? It was like just like working myself through it. And that's that's not like there's more efficient ways to to, to study. And part of that is you gotta have some of that trial and error and really understand how how does learning work? Right. right? So I hope that another, answers the question. Another thing you can do, and this is what I do, is I take I take notes in multiple areas of the page. Right. So running down the left hand side of the page is where I write down um, any sort of off topic stuff that I might want to remember. And then in the middle of the page to the right hand side, I write down all the notes that I might need. And then down the bottom and I draw lines to box these off down the bottom. I write down how I'm going to apply what's just was told to me, because sometimes you sit there and you're like, oh, I already know this. I don't have to worry about it. So you don't pay attention to it. And I kept catching myself doing that. So I started writing down how I w- what I was going to do with the stuff I already knew in the new context that I was being taught. So it sounds like you're really like you're learning to really you're starting to learn, not just to right, take a test, yeah. like really and, engaging with what's going on. And for me, when in college, that was one of my big kind of ahas. It's like forget about your grades and focus on learning, like, le- like really genuine learning and having real curiosity. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because sometimes the stuff is really boring and doesn't really like there are those classes, especially in the beginning of, mm-hmm. of higher ed, where it's like you still got to take that intro to math or whatever that those courses are. But, you know, it's it's still get curious about, all right, how do I learn the stuff that my brain wants nothing to do with? That's right. a curious question to, to, to explore. OK, um, we have um, let's see, Deborah, who said she is uh, wanting to go live. So. Um, let's promote Deborah to a panelist and hopefully Deborah's audio will be good. And uh, all right. So pulling that up and Deborah is about to get a promotion. Congratulations. It's her question as she's coming in here. 
says, uh, I have ADHD and I'm in a relationship with someone who has ADHD. I am much further along than he is. And I feel like I have, uh, that I am teaching after the fact. What is the best way to handle? Okay. So, um, hey, Deborah, how are you? How are you, Brendan? Doing well, you? Good. All right. So, um, give us a little bit more background about this question. So your, your partner has ADHD. Yeah. And a lot of the things that he does are things that I used to know do when I first got diagnosed and my friends would complain about like not show up at the last minute, um, not give all the details, not get back to them right away. Um, and it's so funny cause now I take it personally. And when I was doing it, of course it was fine. Um, and I'm trying to remember that it's, that it's a lot of it's ADHD and not him as a person or how he feels about me, but it's very hard. And I, I don't want to be a teacher. Right. And I think it's really important to, to not get into that, 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 that uh, parent child dynamic, which can often happen uh, in, in ADHD. Right. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I would, would say to you is one, understand that, that, that sort of feeling of frustration that when you're, working with someone else with ADHD. Um, part of that is because Deborah, you're, you've worked really hard to get where you are right now. Right. And I, and uh, so I, so I know that about you. Right. Right. So it, it's not uncommon to feel frustrated when you see someone else who has ADHD and isn't as far along. Like I will come. So um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Deborah. Um, one of the things that, that can in a very irrational way frustrate me is when someone's late, which is like absurd, right? Cause it's like, really? Because I've worked on it so hard. So when someone's late, it's like, really, you're going to keep me waiting. Right. And, <laughs> but like, I know we're working on it. So it's, you know, I'm able to separate, okay. You know, cognitive distortion, like emotion that's bigger than what it, what it really needs to be. Um, so, but I, but I get it, you know? And so I think what you can do is share how, how your experience um, of that has been and what the, what it's like for you when he's doing whatever it is that's frustrating for you. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you can't make anyone change who doesn't want to change and you can't make anyone learn who doesn't want to learn, right? So um, engage in those conversations, um, get curious, um, you know, ask them. So if, if you were to say, uh, Deborah, what's, what's one thing that you would love for your, your boyfriend to be better about? Uh, communicating back. I mean, he, you know, I can send him a lot of information and he just waits. And then when he answers the question, it's not really anything about what I asked. Okay. Uh, how have you tried to bring this up in the past or have you? I don't know that I really have, except for in sort of a negative way. Mm-hmm. So what you do it when you're angry about something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. More of a, you have to. So a a couple of things are jumping to mind for me. One is as best as you can meet him where he is, right? Like, you know how he works. So just meet him where he is. If you know that when you send him a lot of information, he struggles with being back on that, send him less information. Instead of sending three paragraphs of information, send one paragraph or send a sentence and some bullet points that's easier to read. And maybe that's going to let him get into it more readily. That that might help with the communication side. If he's often late, just have that conversation, but in the least judgmental way possible. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, 
I noticed I know you, that, right? Yeah. I try to go, I try to come from a, I used to go through that. Um, and he knows he's doing it, but he, and then he apologizes afterwards, but I think he kind of uses it a little too, which we all do when we're first diagnosed, I think. Mm -hmm. I would flip that around. It's possible, particularly when you're talking to a guy, when you say, I used to do that, that you're inadvertently making him feel judged and okay. triggering some competitiveness within him. Okay. So instead, try saying something like, look, I know the last three times we went out, you were 15 minutes late and I get it. That happens. But tonight we really need to be there on time because if we're not there on time, they're going to close the theater and we're not going to get in. Okay. So, and alternatively, if, you know, if it seems like this is not something he's either willing to or able to, uh, to change those, those theater tickets that are at six 30, not to him. Those are at six 15. Right. And, uh, and so, and for some people, and you could even say to them, do you want me to be like telling you a little bit of a different time? And I won't necessarily tell you that it's a different time. Like, and so it's that trying something and then evaluating it. Yeah. Right. Just like we do in, yeah. in our coaching groups. It's like, let's try something. Let's in a non-judgmental way. Let's, let's see how that works. Like, is it working? If it is, let's keep doing it. If not, let's, let's try something else. No, that's a good idea. It could be, it's a good idea. And I also like Brendan's idea of keeping it simple because I certainly don't. <laughs> do, do, yeah. do you give a lot of information when you're, you're sending yeah. stuff? Yeah, that would, I would blah, second that. Blah, 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 blah. So much of this is communication and right. how you do it. And I know for my wife and I, when we were new to our relationship and by new, I mean, we were only like two or three years in we kept having these really intense conversations after we moved in together and I struggled with them because I kept feeling judged when all of a sudden there was this big important thing that we needed to talk about that I had done wrong. And finally I said, I tell you what, just shoot me an email with whatever the topic is so that I have time to collect my thoughts in advance. And then we'll have the conversation when I get home. Yeah. I like it. And yeah. I'll feel a little more ready for that, ready for that conversation. Now, if that's a strategy you're going to use, you have to let your partner know in advance that you're going to use it. You can't just send an email and be like, when you get home, we're going to talk about this. You right. have to let them know that, that this is a plan to help them collect their thoughts. And it's really about making communication better. No, I like that. That's good. Great advice. All right. Well done, Brendan. I hope that was Thank helpful, you. Deborah. Thank you. Yes. All right. All right. So what, who's our next question? What is our next question? Uh, Jordan has a question. Okay. I don't know if he wants to come on or not. All right. Well, you didn't specify this. Do you want to read the question and then we sure. will uh, answer it? In the near future, I may be living alone for a long period. How can I keep up some measure of accountability? Is there a way to set up study halls, a calendar to schedule when I could be hosting one, a way to send notifications or links to the study hall room? Okay. So... Um, Jordan, since we're only using your first name, I will say that Jordan was a member of one of our coaching groups. Um, and so the, what study hall is, if those of you who are not familiar with what that's all about is in our, in the rewired coaching groups, one of the things we do is we call it adult study hall. And so this is where we, um, are meeting on zoom video conference. We can use any video conference platform to do this. And we're all working on our important stuff. That's what that's 
boring but important the stuff that we would you know rather like poke needles in our eyes and bang our head against the wall than actually do but we know we have to do it because the consequence of not doing it is going to be worse right or the stuff that we really actually do want to do but we're really overwhelmed and having a hard time starting and so it's at that place to sort of be with other people who are working on something that they don't really want to work on but for some reason know they need to work on and so we mute our our uh, audio but we keep the video on and we're all sitting together working on our stuff so that's what adult study hall is um so jordan what, what a couple of things one you can certainly use the rewired community to uh um you know ask people if they want to do that with you um for for all of our coaching group alumni um you know one of my sort of goals um is getting up and running a membership community for uh, alumni who have been through the coaching group. Um, Cause that's, you know, it's one of the things I tell people as they're, they're coming into the coaching group or people that I just talked to during those registration interviews is, you know, at the end of the 10 weeks of these coaching groups, like every single person in the group is still going to have ADHD. Right. So it's like, this is not these groups don't, you know, it's not going to cure your ADHD. Right. It's going to give you new tools and ways of thinking about it and a better sense of who you are. Right. And so part of having ADHD, it's a ongoing chronic condition. Right. And it requires that ongoing support. Um, so, you know, I think part of having that accountability is one like asking yourself, are you motivated by outside accountability? Right. So, like, for example, one of um, my uh, the, the alumni who is a, a leader right now in my in the 10th season um, Cassandra, um, I've been working with her a little bit on, uh, she's been kind of my accountability partner recently for getting home, um, on time. And so we've talked about that. And, um, and I told her like last week, I was like, you know, you didn't call me on it when I didn't post my, we're also doing the sleep stuff. I didn't post my sleep score. Um, I'm like, I need you to call me out on that. Um, and, uh, and so having that, that dialogue has been really helpful. And now when I went home yesterday, I was in the car at seven 30 and I called her on my way home. Cause I, I felt really awesome to say, Hey, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm on the way home. Oh, by the way, that, that goal tracking thing that you told me you wanted me to ask you about, how you doing on that? <laughs> right. And so having that relationship with, uh, whether it's one person or a group of people that you feel that motivation by, it begins though by asking people like, can we do this together? Yep. Right. And another thing, just looking at the going to be living alone for a long period of time and recognizing that maybe you can't always get a study hall. Sometimes the accountability happens if you're just out in public. This is the thing that I'm noticing about myself where sometimes I struggle to get started because I'm working out of my house. I'm working out of the office by myself. Um, sometimes I'll just go to the library or I'll go to like a Panera bread or a coffee shop or something. And I'll sit there and do some work and no one there knows what I'm doing. No one there cares if I'm on Facebook or if I'm writing a blog post, but they're tuned into what I'm doing in my head, mm -hmm. sort of like, and I feel like I'm accountable, even though in reality, I'm not. And that works for me. So that might be something that works for Jordan as well. Uh, and one other thing that, that may possibly work, um, it's sort of a, a, a interesting variation of this is work in front of a mirror. So if you are, um, if you're working on something and then you look up and you see yourself, you see that you're not working, right? So it's kind of that, oh yeah. Now, 
I don't know if that'll work for me because I'd probably just start like making faces at the mirror and just goofing off. Um, but that's just me. So, you know, it's it's trying all these kinds of, of different things. Um, uh, yeah. So and I like that idea about going to a, a Starbucks or um, something else sort of like that that gives you some accountability. So, yeah, it's, uh, I know living alone can absolutely create that that challenge of it's like no one's going to see whether or not you even got out of bed. So, you know, maybe having a, uh, setting up an early morning, you know, time where you meet with someone. So, Jordan, I hope that that was helpful. All right. What is our next question? Marisol. All right. I want to read it. Marisol says, hi, Eric and Brendan. Clothes have always been an organizational issue for me. I can't seem to stay in the habit of hanging up my clothes or putting it in the hamper at the end of the day. It always ends up on the floor by the bed. With two kids and a husband worth of clothes added to my clothes confusion, I'm drowning. Help? Any suggestions? Yes. Okay. Um, so just full disclosure, I spent about a couple minutes this morning um, emptying my laundry basket from two days ago and then putting all the clothes that were on the floor in, in my bedroom in there. So full disclosure on that, that first. Okay. So a cu- couple sort of things to think about is, is one, I think a lot of things like this falls into the categories of those little things that we just don't want to do, right? The, the I don't want us. And so much I have found of really living the life that we want to live and not getting, having, coming overwhelmed by all these little nagging tasks that just build up. And now we don't know where to start because there's, there's stuff everywhere is, can we push through the Atawanas? And so for me, one of the things I have really begun to do is use that Atawana when I have that internal thought as a cue to, to really push uh, uh, through it and say, I don't want to. Okay, but I also don't want to be completely overwhelmed by a mess everywhere. Um, And then also looking at things like, okay, so you have your laundry basket. Where is your laundry basket? Is it too far away? Like try to make it almost as easy as just taking your clothes off, right? So maybe instead of your laundry basket being in your closet, it's right next to your bed, right? Maybe you have a, you try to create a rule for yourself, that um, you don't allow yourself to put your laundry basket on the floor. Like it comes in and you put it on your bed and put it in right away. Right. Um, and, you know, and you could maybe even because um, what happens is we, we're really motivated to do this new thing. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my laundry away. And then it's like in the evening and we, you know, pick, pick up the laundry basket. We bring it to our room and it's like the last thing we want to do. Right. So writing letters and little notes to yourself, so your, your motivated self can write that letter to your future self, right? That says, all right, like you said that you wanted to, to put your laundry away because, you know, you were tired of feeling this way or because for whatever your why is. Um, and the other thing is too, is like, can you just have two baskets? Like one's for dirty clothes and one's for clean clothes and like be a person that doesn't put their clothes away. Like if it's folded, you know, it's if you if you need your clothes to not be wrinkled or if you're like, I can't even fold my clothes, then think about it from a uh, more of a, a longer systematic approach. Start buying clothes that don't get wrinkly because mm-hmm. I do have a, like when I when we discover non iron dress shirts, I was like, this is the best thing ever because <laughs> I will because my ironing board has the, the, the fabric of it 
actually has directions on how to iron, which is brilliant, by the way. That's cool. And because I'm very, and the last thing I ironed was the fabric of my green screen, right? Because I don't iron clothing, right? It's, <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, there's clothing out there that you don't have to iron. So if, if you can do stuff that makes it not wrinkly, like do that. Anything to add? I do. I have one thing that might be helpful because um, it says I can't seem to stay in the habit of hanging up my clothes. That's in here too. Yeah. Hanging up clothes in the closet is a multi-step process, right? You got to get the shirt in a way that it's going to stay on the hook on the hanger. You, then you have to put it on the hanger. Then you have to bring it to the closet. Then you have to put it in the closet on the, on the bar. Another thing you can do is get those like utility hooks, the 3M sort of plastic hooks that you can stick on the wall. And you can, if you have the space, you can put those on the wall in your bedroom. And now you take that shirt and you just hang it on the hook. And it's one step. And that might get some of the clothes off the floor and it might help you start. If you just hang like, like I have five of these on my wall and I just hang shirts up there and then I move on. I uh, just realized now, Brendan, what I'm going to be doing with that, that hook that I have that's, uh, I bought for something and then ended up not using it. And that's going to go in my room. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's, we have to think about this in a very, like, forget the, what we should do. Forget like, what do other people do? I don't care. Right. Like what's going to work for us. Right. And right. If, if that means we have a row of 15 different hooks, right. And like that works for us, do that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe even keeping a rotation of hangers in your laundry room. So you're actually it's going right to the the uh, the, the hanger. Um, you know, this experiment with different things. But I think with something with laundry there's always going to be an element of I don't want to. You know, so yeah. I think a big part of that is how do we try to push through those I don't want us. And, and to revisit a theme from earlier, right, when I talked about meeting your boyfriend where he is, mm -hmm. meet your clothes where they are, too. On the floor. Like if you. It, well, yeah, but if they're on the floor and like, let's say you have kids and your clothes always wind up in the same corner of their room and it's always their sweatshirts or their jackets or something, put a couple hooks there and now they can just hang that sweatshirt up on the hook instead of having it land in the corner of their room. That's great. I hope it helped. I don't think we've had too many questions about laundry. That's, that's, that's good. We could probably do a know, whole you, like workshop on laundry. Yeah. You'd think we'd get more of them. <laughs> All right. Oh, but Linda asked, um, so when is Brenda's, uh, Brenda's podcast going to launch? Uh, when can I find it in iTunes and subscribe? Yeah, Brendan, when is your podcast going to launch? Mid-November is the target. So that's November 15th. If I have to give it a day, that's legally and officially mid-November. Um, very soon. Plan. So that for, for all of you listeners, uh, whether oh, live. Very soon. Oh. That makes me lose my <laughs> uh, for all the listeners if we're, if you're looking for a podcast that has a similar theme and ethos that ADHD Rewire does but focuses on on helping parents um, um, with their kids that's what Brendan's podcast is going to be about and uh, ADHD Essentials right? ADHD Essentials where I'm aiming at three silos of guests one silo is the ADHD expert the second silo is parents who are affected by ADHD, either because they have it or because their kids have it or both. And the third silo is school staff looking at ADHD because so much of a kid's day is spent in school and lots of parents don't know anything about what that looks like or what that means or what challenges they might face. Um, so that's the plan. Awesome. 
So what I want to do here for the podcast is I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, we are going to answer a few more questions. I felt like having ADHD was kind of a death sentence in, in a way that like the rest of your life, this will be what you have. And I wanted to come to terms with that. I started this group fairly early on in my ADHD process, but I knew that there was more that I, I wanted to live a life that was extraordinary, that would allow me to be, if not who I wanted to be, then at least be the best me that I can be and stop trying to be a, a me that I'm not. I was talking with my therapist last night about how I've always felt like a great deal of respect for the Clydesdales of the world. You know, these big, massive workhorses that just plod along and plow the fields and haul the stuff, and they're just extremely consistent. And my therapist said, well, what about the racehorses? Because I am capable of doing some really amazing things. Those things are not necessarily about being consistent. Last week, I took an hour of work to think about some things that would affect my industry and my company in a massive, massive way. And all the pieces were coming together in my head. And I thought that that hour of work is worth a lot. And the fact that I didn't do eight hours of coding away or whatever that particular day is not just okay. That's, I shouldn't be doing that. I need to focus on where my strengths are. I understand that better now. I understand how to leverage those strengths and I'm just I'm accepting myself for what I am instead of trying to long for what I'm not. And and I feel like I am excited about life and the, the life that I'm going to be leading for the next several decades. I joined the group because I was feeling overwhelmed by my own life. I was working overtime all the time and feeling stressed by that and I was pulled in a lot of multiple directions. and. I was not feeling good enough, I was not getting enough done, I was trying very hard and I was just feeling inadequate, I wasn't sleeping and my own personal priorities were on the back burner with deadlines looming and everybody else's priorities were in front of my own and I was just floundering. It makes me sad just to think about it, but then I learned about me, I learned that I need to sleep and go to bed and that. It's not selfish to say no when I have another appointment. That appointment is with myself. And that appointment is to plan so that I can be a better me. And I'm getting more done with less stress. And it's okay to say no to those other people's priorities because they're not mine. And that was so amazing that other people's priorities aren't mine. And it makes such a difference. I am so much better at being me now. I am more productive at work. People are saying, how do you do that? And it's amazing. I'm surprising myself every day. It's awesome. When I first had the call with you, I was in the middle of my second move and I just locked myself out of my apartment, left my keys at work, I thought, but they weren't there. And I didn't really have anywhere to stay for the weekend. It was just like a terrible situation. And I really, at that point, I had just come to like a dead stop thing in my life. I mean, I really had stopped progressing on so many things and was so overwhelmed by that procrastinating on everything I possibly could, really. I mean, I was embarrassed and really I was just embarrassed and ashamed about it, about that inability to move forward. And that's really what this group gave back to me is my, not only my ability to move ahead, but also direction, the ability to move forward on my goals. I realized so much during our time together, um, everything from like time awareness was huge for me, self-care and the fact that everything's 
okay. And hearing what everyone else in the group was dealing with really helped me to realize how small those problems were and how they not only were they not worth dwelling on, there were things that I'm able to overcome. And so in all those ways, this group has changed everything for me. I just feel so much more able. <laughs> I feel like I lost so much faith in myself, I think, when starting this group and just getting that back feels <laughs> awesome. It really changed everything. For the first time ever, all my calendars are talking to each other and I can look at one page and see everything that I have to do. I have reminders with lists of not just what I'm doing, but that quarterly, so I can see ahead. This is the first time in my life I've ever been able to see more than an hour or two ahead, and it gives me incredible sight. Before, I would schedule time to work. Now, I schedule what I have to do and when I'm gonna do it. And it's a shift, a complete shift in mindset, which is amazing. This group is like taking the red pill from the matrix. And suddenly I could see this reality of how to function that all these other people had been seeing their entire lives. And it was really that level of awakening in aha moments. Like, oh, that's how it works. That's what's happening. But it was a, I woke up from a bad dream to a good one, as opposed to the other. It's like, I could see the steps. I joined this group because I wanted the structure and support to relaunch my business. And now I'm working on it. I'm meeting with the developer and construction people for spaces. I've made time in my schedule. It's a 100% difference. The thing I learned about planning is it's good and I like it. I like not just to have it done, but I like to do it. And the reason why is because I don't feel ashamed if I don't make my plan. For the longest time, planning sucked because I sucked at following through on the plan. You know what? That's fine. I'm okay with that. And then that frees me up from the shame that and the, and the negativity that was so wrapped up in the planning process for me. Then it becomes fun. It's like, oh yeah, this is tomorrow's a new day that I'm doing this cool stuff. And some stuff that's less cool, but sure. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Bring it on. Within 10 weeks, I've been able in a short period of time to learn how to start, to learn how to plan, to take ideas that I've had kicking around for years and put them into action, set goals, prioritize. And I discovered that what I need is accountability externally from real life people and that that is what helps me. And that's really important because I can apply that to every aspect of my life. And even in 10 weeks, there's been a huge improvement. And I realized finally that I'm not alone. Where are you in your ADHD journey? Are you where you want to be? If not, you're not alone. Take the next step and journey with your tribe. Registration for our winter coaching and accountability groups starts today, November 14th, and ends Wednesday, November 22nd. These groups and my calendar are filling up fast, so don't wait. Go to coachingrewired.com and schedule your registration interview call with me. That's coaching rewired.com we are back we have some more questions and i want to uh dive into those right away um so i want to look at one of the questions that came in uh, ahead of time um when people were signing up um so janice 
asked, um, is there a type of calendar slash planner slash to-do list um, recommended? Uh, she says, I've tried hundreds and none seem to work. Hashtag frustrated. Okay. Um, so I like these kinds of questions because, uh, you know, I, this is a question that I had for years and really dug trying to find uh, uh, the answer to this. And it's not about the tool. All right. Now, there are certain aspects of a calendar that I do think are important. Right. Um, but it's so much more about the behaviors around our use of to do lists, of calendars, um, that, and that is really the most critical element of it. Now, I think a calendar, um, I think ideally you want to have a week view of your calendar. And I think that. Uh, a calendar that has time broken down, ideally in 15-minute increments, um, because we need to be able to visually see the the relationship of time and tasks, right? Those calendars that um, uh, that just have like a, a rectangle and a date, like that's not a calendar, right? Like that's a to-do list that has a date that they call a calendar, and it's not a calendar, right? Um, so we need that visual representation. Now, if I, I love online calendars, but I also like, like to be able to write stuff in an analog way, right? So but you have to kind of find out what works for you. But what I would say is don't have multiple calendars if you can avoid it. Um, I, I've worked with clients who have worked for the government and they like had to separate their work calendar and and like that, that just seems so hard, right? Um, so in that planning process for, for someone in that kind of situation, part of your process needs to be sitting down with both of your calendars, right? And, um, and that's tough. Like I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone with ADHD to have to have two calendars. Um, you know, as far as to-do lists, I think to-do lists is one of those things where it's like, people are surprised when I say, feel free to change up your tool as often as you want to, because like that's, we think about our to-do list is kind of like our GPS that gives us our next turn, right? Now, most of GPS apps, you can change the, the color scheme. You can even change the voices, right? And like, why do we do that? Because people like novelty, right? And we can add novelty in our to-do list where I wouldn't, where I would try to avoid novelty is in our calendars, right? Because when we are constantly switching calendars, um, it's, it's going to create more challenges, and it solves, right? The tool is not going to solve the problem. The tool is just our place mark. It's our, it's our bookmark that says, here's my future intention. And now let me come back to it when I realize, wait, I just spent an hour doing this thing that I'm pretty sure wasn't on my to-do list. Let me go back and check what, what I'm, I really want to do today. Brendan, what are your thoughts? You used a wonderful word at the start of that where yeah. you said, you were trying to find a calendar that worked and you really dug looking for a calendar that worked. Yeah. And Doug has two meanings. Uh-oh. <laughs> you might have dug like really looking around really hard, right? You also might have dug looking for a calendar, like just really enjoyed looking for a calendar. And given, uh. given that Janice is talking about how she's looked at hundreds, she might also dig looking for calendars like she just might enjoy the process of it, trying to find a new tool it's like productivity porn right exactly and and that might be what's going on here is like no I'll, I'll just find something that is better than the thing that i have right now and that lets me avoid the thing that i'm actually supposed to be doing because once i have this perfect 
then I'll be so productive. I won't have lost any time because I'll make up for it with my super productivity. You're not going to hit super productivity. You just aren't. You have to find something that works well enough and then use it. And there's this gap between new and novel and habit that we ADHD people fall apart in a lot where it's not new and novel anymore and it's boring, but it isn't a habit. So we're not using it reliably yet. And you really have to just struggle through that gap so that you can make it to habit and use the thing, whatever it is, that tool consistently and more reliably. And then when you mess it up, accept it, start again, you'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my, I'll tell you what, what my tools are. Cause I know people are often interested in that. Um, so I use as my primary to-do list, I use Asana. Um, part of that is because I need to be able to communicate with my team, but I also like how I can move things around. Cause I think a, so much of our productivity systems, our tools, it's a tool to move things around, right? It's like, okay, so here's my intention at this moment. Now other things have come up that I need to address Here's my tool to move things around because I've, I said that th- these are the things that are my priority. Now, one of the things that we do in our, our the coaching and accountability groups is I provide a whole framework for how to get, not just be more productive, but to be getting the right stuff done. And so I give a whole framework um, and I show a template on Asana um, where you have the stuff that you want to get done this week. And that is, is fed from what you want to get done this month. And that is fed from what you want to get done this quarter. And that is fed from what you want to get done this year. And so I have these columns of things that I move around. And that's sort of the, the beauty of it. It's like, so I have this, this task that I really want to get done this week. And now it's Friday and I didn't get this task done. So what does that mean? That means I move it to next week if it's still relevant to me. And if I've noticed, you know, I've had this task on my list for like a month now and I keep moving it forward. One of the things that I've learned to do and I do it pretty liberally, is I just take things off my to-do list and with without any guilt and I say, I'm not going to do this. If it's that important, it's going to come back up. So I use Asana. I use a combination and they all talk to each other of iCal and Google Calendar. I also use a big whiteboard um, and I, on my whiteboard, I will put in my, what's the one thing I need to get done today before I leave uh, the office. And this is, a, this is actually an old strategy that I recently pulled back out. Um, I also have a four month dry erase calendar that gives me sort of the big picture view of, of stuff that's going on. Um, and that's a strategy I used in college. And I, I, I recently brought that back out. Right. And one of the, the fun things about um, being a productivity um, sort of junkie in a sense where you like discover all these tools is that like you can like the tool that you haven't used in a while becomes new again after a while. So uh, you can you can co- go back and use those those different tools. Um, but I will also use uh, my iPhone's reminders app. Like if I'm in the car and I can't write something down. I'll say, remind me when I get to work, blah, blah, blah. And part of my planning process is to look at that, the stuff that's on my uh, iPhone's reminders list and transfer that to, uh, to Asana. That's, that's the, the, the gist. And then I have uh, Slack for different things, um, you know, for, for my podcast team, for my coaching groups. Um, so that's, that's, those are the primary tools that I use. 
So I hope that answered that question. All right, Brendan, who do we have next as a question? And just so you know, you're muted. We've got one from Laura. Uh, if you were feeling emotionally sensitive, like physically, don't know if it's adrenaline, after you're done processing, but you need to move on and do work, but you're physically distracted, do you have any tips for how to deal with that situation? Mm. One thing that helps with this is mindfulness. And that's something we, every Monday in the coaching groups, we start with mindfulness. Um, and the, re the reason for that is to help with this exact thing, because whatever's carrying over from the weekend or the previous week or whatever just jumped up that morning, we start our coaching groups and we do a little mindfulness meditation every Monday to sort of clear the head, get ourselves centered um, and, and get ourselves prepared for what it is that we need to do. So that, that's one strategy. It's a strategy that I like. Um, I use it all the time. Eric, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think that, that one is, is noticing the, what, you're, what the experience is. And Laura, it sounds like that you are doing that. You're noticing that, that, um, that experience. And, you know, and I'll, I'll share that I actually very recently had something happen um, where I got a uh, kind of a really nasty email uh, from somebody that was, um, um, you know, just mean. I mean, it was, it was a very mean attacking email and uh, not someone that even knows, knows me at all, um, but was just attacking my integrity and that, uh, and the cortisol was flooding through my system. Right. And I was recognizing that. And I was like, you know, I was going through and batching my emails and I had other things that I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, like my brain just got hijacked. Right. Cause those other to do items, like I can't really do that while I'm, I'm, I'm seething by this thing. So what I did is I reached out to a couple of people, uh, Brendan being one of them, um, yep. to, to share. Cause I know that, um, like even though what was in this email was very unfounded, um, uh, I knew I had to share it because it was hitting some shame triggers. And I know that, that, you know, staying in that place alone, um, it's just going to fuel it. Right. And so I had to, to, for me, I know that sharing that with, with people, um, who have earned the right to hear that, that part of the story, um, was helpful for me. And that was really helpful. Um, you know, it's like, we're, we're not, we're not like automatons. We're not robots. We are emotional beings. Right. And sometimes like, our emotions are going to get hijacked. And, um, as much as we can say, this is a really inconvenient time for this. Right. Um, by acknowledging it and leaning in is I have found is the honestly the fastest way forward because as soon as you say I don't have time to be having this emotion that emotion is going to stick around and often will intensify when you lean into it while it might be difficult at first that's what I have found to really kind of help it melt away absolutely so I hope that Laura I hope that helped you all right, who do we have next? We have Nick. How do you avoid getting derailed for an entire day when one small part of the plan goes awry? You mean like when ADHD wins? That's a thing as, that happens. As Brendan would say. Um, <laughs> and this is what Some of it is what we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, That's why I went with this one next. And I think that, that first notice, notice yep. that you're derailed, right? And when I'm leading mindfulness-based meditations in, in, in my coaching groups, you know, that's one of the, the, the things I really try to bring our awareness to is why is it that we focus on our breath? It's that, it's that point to come back to, 
right? And every time we realize that, oh, our mind just wandered, right? In this moment where you realize that, it's, oh, our mind wandered. Come back to the breath. So in our day, it's, oh, my day just wandered, right? Come back to the task list. Come back to the to-do list. Look at the calendar, right? And because you can't get back that time, but as soon as you notice that you're, you're, you know, off track, you can make a difference at that very moment. What we can do to save a lot of time is to skip the judgment, skip the self-loathing, right? Uh, and we've all been there. We're like, we're so frustrating. Like we know we had such, like, such important stuff that we needed to get done. And we were really motivated at the beginning of the day. And somehow this rabbit hole just invited us in. And it was so wonderful while we were there. And we didn't even realize that we weren't supposed to be there until we realized that we weren't supposed to be there. Right. And we look back and we're like, oh, I've been in this rabbit hole for the entire afternoon. Right? And so it's looking at it. Sometimes it's like, you got to ask yourself, like, what's my energy level at? What's going on right now? Like maybe I, I only slept four hours the night before. And so at that point, I would say my one thing is I got to be done for the day and I got to go home and I got to make sure I recharge and can try again tomorrow. Right. Yep. Sometimes it's just taking a get physically getting up and taking a break. You know, one of the things that, cause I, I struggle with taking breaks. You know, I, I work and work and work and I know intellectually that taking breaks is really helpful for my productivity. Right. But I just have a hard time disengaging sometimes. And so a strategy that I have been using uh, this year is I no longer wear like um, like traditional work dress shoes. I wear gym shoes now because for me, that symbolizes in a very physical realm, get up and move. Right. And so that helps me in a, in a, in a very real way to remind me, just get up. Right. It's, it's, and, and so when you realize that, oh man, like this is, I just went down a rabbit hole. Like this is not what my plan is. Stand up, reset. Right. And then say, okay, how much time do I have left in the day? And see what, what can you do? And then take the stuff that you didn't get done. That's not going to get done today. And you move it to tomorrow and forgive yourself. So I hope that was helpful. Now we have uh, Melissa. I often have new ideas or things that I get hyper-focused on. For instance, I get very focused on new business ventures, household projects, or buying things. Um, all of these things I spend a lot of time or money on and usually never follow through with them or I lose interest when I start to hyper-focus on the next thing. How can I screen myself when I have these ideas so that I can better judge whether it's actually a good idea or just another whim? So this is a great question. Um, it is. It Lisa, is. Do you have any interest in coming on live? Because I would love to actually um, get a little bit more information from you. Um, so I'll give you a second to to respond to that. I uh, just put it in the Q and A, just right. Go live. If you want to do that or right now, um, cause it's, it's the issue that a lot of us, um, uh, deal with. And when, it, when I was listening to, uh, the question, um, talking about shopping, I've been on like this desk thing. I'm trying to find this, this, uh, this perfect desk. And I, and I'm, I'm wincing as I say it because I realize what I'm doing. Right. And uh, so I, I'm actually, I've made the decision that I'm going to just hire someone to build me a custom desk because the amount of time I've been investing in on Wayfair and on all these different sites. And I actually bought, I like went and 
picked out this desk that I went into the city and and got this really cool standing desk. And then the person on the other end on this on this company, I think, was worse at getting back to to people than I typically am, um, which says a lot. Um, and after about two weeks of this back and forth, this delayed, like I was ready, I wanted to give her my credit card. I was ready for this desk. I realized I actually didn't want the desk that I picked out. Um, so, <laughs> which yeah, I'm sort of glad that happened because it was one of these adjustable senior desks, but it didn't have drawers. I need drawers, otherwise I have piles. And um, so I'm, I'm looking for something like that. So I do understand that. So Melissa said that she cannot go live okay. right now. So we should just jump on it. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if she could just, push stuff back like hey i'm really suddenly interested in crepes and i'm going to learn all of the crepe recipes that i can possibly learn what if you just say i'm going to make crepes in a week and see if you're still excited about crepes in a week like it's really easy with the internet to jump all the way in and take the rabbit up on their its invitation and head down that hole Mm -hmm. maybe you just wait and And that'll help filter stuff and, and to sort of take that to the, okay, so what does that look like, right? So I've heard the term, he's like, put it in the parking lot. It's that thing that you can go back to. So have a place where you specifically put all of those bright, shiny, exciting ideas, right? That is there to allow some time to, to act as a buffer to see, is this just a, the, the excitement of a right now idea or does this keep coming back as I really do want to do that. Right. Um, Cause we, you know, it's motivation is, is, you know, it's, if we can bottle it up, we would be millionaires. Right. right. Uh, Cause it's, it's hard sometimes. And when we get that excitement, it, that feels like motivation. Right. And we want to go with it. Cause that feels good. Right. But then we're like, okay, so now this is like the 940th thing. That's kind of like this. And we start to notice, you know, this is frustrating. You know, I get excited about something. I spend time doing this and then I abandon it and it's like rinse and repeat. And, you know, it's, that gets frustrating at, over time. Right. So I think a big part of that one is, I think it's great that you recognize that pattern, um, you know, and any new idea that is exciting. And for me as a, as a general rule, I never act in the same week of a new exciting idea. Like I, I put it down somewhere, right? And I will maybe even fill up my dry erase board with this one thing, right? Because if I feel it big, I want to represent that feeling about how much space is taking up visually, right? And it may be that the next week, like maybe next year I'll do that, right? Or like, I don't know why I was so excited about that. Or it could be like podcast, Right, that I had in my dry erase for for three years before I actually launched my podcast, <laughs> right? And um, so allow allow that time, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and or you could also allow your time if you w- want to set aside a certain percentage of your week to go down rabbit holes. Like, give yourself that permission to just explore something with no specific intention or outcome. Right. By the way, that's called play. So allow yourself to play. And another thing that's in here is um, sort of some expensive stuff like buying a kayak, renovating a kitchen, that kind of stuff. So if it's if it's a, a money thing that's going to set yourself a certain cost level, right? Like if it's over $100, you can't do it. Like you just have to wait or you have to have a meaningful conversation with someone explaining why this is something that you should buy or do. Um, that might work. And, and another thing that another thing totally disconnected from time that's 
jump into my mind is also when you start to feel yourself pulled into this random hyper-focused rabbit hole, if you can interrupt it, stop and wonder, is there anything I'm trying to avoid mm. by going down this rabbit hole? Like, is there something that's a little uncomfortable or painful or just not engaging that I really should be doing right now? But instead, I'm going to study everything I can about crepe making because I don't want to do this boring thing. Or, or chocolate making as on the podcast uh, for you guys who are listening live. Um, next week's episode is by some uh, by Steve Mazur, who I think has created the world's best tasting chocolate. Um, I'm obsessed right now. Okay. So he, he moved and he decided one day as he's walking his dog, um, I think I want to start a chocolate business. I totally on a whim and he did it. So I would say it's maybe rare. the wrong direction. Right. That's, that's, that's <laughs> rare. But that's what I want to say though. It's, it's rare. Right. And so it's look at your patterns. Look at like, so if that pattern, he was saying that when, you know, he, when he goes into something, he goes all in. Right. But if your pattern is you go into something and you go all in for about five minutes and then you're like, okay, what's the next thing? Right. Then even creating some accountability for that. So, you know, I don't spend money until I talk to like this person or that person, or I don't take my business into a new area unless I talk to this person or that person. Um, and so I think accountability can be a really um, a valuable piece to sort of some of that, that um, adding the breaks, adding some, some supported inhibition um, uh, that, that maybe we're lacking, um, you know, when the breaks would be helpful or person out, you know, waste a lot of time and or money um, or with money. You could also have a spending account that you uh, on a credit card that you put into a uh, first fill it with water in a Ziploc bag, put the Ziploc water in or the Ziploc bag in a uh, Tupperware container, and then you freeze it. And so what that will require is it to fully melt um, in order for you to spend that money. If, if money is a thing that you want to do. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> Let's go to the, the, the Q and a questions. Okay. Maybe we can do like a lightning round. Let's see how succinct sure. we can like answer like these questions. You want, you do one, I'll do one, you do one, I'll do one. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Let's see. I should do like, see if we can answer it under a minute. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be tough. But we're gonna uh, do it. I know a lot of things that would probably help me such as meditation and exercise, but knowing is half the battle and I'm failing at the other half. How do I get myself to make time for these things when everything else seems so much more important? Um, here's how you do it. One, you accept that you're worth it. Wait, so you're going first? Yeah. Okay. Go. Is that okay? Yeah. One, accept that you're worth it and that you matter and that you should do this for yourself. Two, schedule time first for those activities and the other stuff later. Set a reminder so that you get reminded to do it and then talk to a friend so that you have accountability. Have them sit in and know what you're doing and confirm that you did. How'd I do? 20 seconds. Nice. Nice. Um, I would add to that. Watch sure. your sleep. Watch your sleep. Look, right. at, look at your energy level. Okay. Next question. I'm almost 30, but I'm awful with money. I have no idea how to budget, but all I buy is food. Usually if it's on sale and phone minutes and maybe a movie once every two months, I don't make enough to afford rent. So I still live at home. Is there a question? In I think it's how do I manage money more effectively? Okay. 
Um, so the first thing I would uh, say is that money management, I think is for so many of us with ADHD, myself included, is one of those like just like awful spaces of stuff to manage, right? Uh, so identify it's hard. Um, there are a number of different tools. Uh, out the, from, there's a program called You Need a Budget, although that does cost money. So that's probably not the best solution. I'm at 25 seconds. Um, asking for help. Uh, and if you can get any kind of accountability with that, I think a big piece of this, like anything else, it's the behavior of doing it, of doing the planning. Um, I know that Mint is a free uh, resource where you can set up a budget. Um, there are many free classes uh, and just like videos on YouTube. Um, you know, it's one of these important things. It's boring, but important to do. Um, so that is my one minute. <laughs> not one of my better answers and part of it is like that's one of these areas where i'm just like oh i wish i could have answered a different question it's it's a hard one it is it's a it's it a hard area um you know like i have a pretty successful business but if i i'm not going to say that i like my budget and my budgeting around my business is like a model to follow because it's not <laughs> so I hear you. i'm a work in progress we have someone willing to go live who just posted just this very okay. second. So Joss, Joss, I think, J-O-S. Okay, the question is, read the question while I cue, uh, yep. yeah. I have to work on experiments and processing the data with three other people who are students. How do I go best about scheduling time with others? Our schedules may be too flexible. So is Josh coming on? Yes. yes. Here is Joss. All right, let's get Joss unmuted. Hello. Hello. All right. So you have a, you're working with a team of some sort. Um, yes, we have to uh, work on practical experiments for a physics degree, and um, we are now trying to make a schedule and scheduling time to work together on uh, analyzing what comes out of the experiments. But we have extremely flexible schedules and that might be working against us okay and is this would you say that this is like the most important thing that you're doing right now um kind of yes because i also have to do um homework uh about three assignment sheets a week one per class so that also comes with it okay. but i am also mostly like most likely going to do those with those three others what have you tried um, well, what we've tried is uh, at least eliminating what the others have to do, things like fixed appointments. But there's a lot of things with traveling that get in the way and things that are not fixed that are um, making fixed planning quite difficult. Okay, so it sounds like you're looking for a, a regular recurring time that everyone is available. Um, yes, or at least some sort of uh, structure, even if it is not at a fixed time. Okay. Um, so here's a tool that I would actually suggest. Um, it's a website called uh, doodle.com, D-O-O-D-L-E.com. And um, this, what this does is you can uh, put in there like all the times that work for you. And then it creates, it's basically creates like a, a, a poll. Right. And so what will everyone puts in their availability, it will find the overlap uh, in that. 
and then it will get that those times set up so this notion of doing back and forth like email and trying to see you know who's available when like to me that's one of the most painful things i think that, that we can do right and you don't have to do that right so it doodles a free tool um it, okay. it's pretty easy to set up um and i would just say if it's something that because you have a lot of time and i totally get this when we have a lot of time it's hard to find the time like well when do i do it yeah. do it earlier than later like you know, when um, th there was a point in my business where I had to really focus on um, on, uh, on new clients and getting new clients. So I had a, a sticky note on my computer that said all new client and um, income generating uh, activity must be done before 12. So it put it now I had more time that I could have done it. But I needed to put it in a container so I knew how to organize my time. And that's that was sort of how I uh, how I did that. So I hope that that helps you a bit. Um, yeah, that really uh, helps. Thank you. And I actually heard about Doodle, but I somehow completely forgot about it. I could but say that with a lot of it. things. <laughs> Just where, where are you from? Um, I'm from Holland and I'm currently studying in Germany. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's awesome cool. when I get to talk to people from all over the world. So, uh, yeah, that's just, great. thanks so much for, uh, for, uh, coming on and asking your question uh, Thank you. and, uh, you're doing some pretty smart stuff. It sounds like, so best of luck to you. Thanks. All right. Should we, um, should we go back to the, uh, power round of 60 second answers of questions? Sure. Okay. What are your favorite tools when you need a full reset? I have 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or was it your turn? No, go ahead. I'll do the next one. Okay. Um, so when you need a full reset, I would say go back to what was working before, even if you don't feel like you want to. I've done this the last time I, I started doing tool slash app hopping. Um, it was when I went like two or three weeks where I didn't even touch my planning book. And I, I was going down the rabbit hole of, you know, as we all do, What's going to be the next app that I'm going to want to use to, to solve this problem? And I realized, you know what? This other thing that I was doing was working for a long time. And you just come back to that. And so what the last time I had to do a, a full reset, um, I was still using a notebook. I was using a, I was doing something that was similar to bullet journaling, um, but it wasn't quite bullet journaling, but it was something similar to that. I actually have a video on that somewhere on YouTube. Um, and uh, so it's going back to an old tool. Um, and sometimes the old tool can be novel enough to help you with that reset. 57 seconds. Nice. All right. I'm going to go with how to deal with a partner who sees a potential diagnosis as a stigma and something to be avoided rather than a step forward. Wow. In, in 60 seconds, that's a, that's a that's big one to bite be, off. Good luck. It's not going to be easy. Um, one thing that I would recommend if you can do it, and it's not necessarily something that's going to be easy, is see if you can find a workshop on ADHD and ask them to go with you because it gives you social proof. It gives them and you a ton of information that you otherwise wouldn't have. Um, and hopefully it'll level the playing field a little bit because now all of a sudden there's all these people who also are being challenged by ADHD. Um, I would also recommend whenever possible listening to ADHD Rewired um, it's a podcast in a manner that will help them to hear it where they might hear it as well, because that might also provide some social proof. Um, 
and otherwise you just have to have open conversations around their pushback and how that is making you feel and whether or not it's serving or hindering things um, and trying to help them accept what's going on. How'd I do? 55 seconds. All right. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> I think you are too. I think you're like, wow, I, I, I really did like, it. All right. It started in a different direction. So I think that helped. It's wow. easier to answer with specificity and then expand from there when you're short on time. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, so we are at, um, we're about at that time where we got to start wrapping this up. To, to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. To break. Yes. I have no idea what that even means. Um, but that but was not Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I was, but it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brendan Mahan, we, um, hopefully by this time next month, you're going to be here saying that this week my podcast is coming out. Yep. Did that just make you feel a little bit like you wanted to like vomit in your mouth? A little bit. A little bit awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> the power of accountability, right? Yep. It's, it's totally going to launch. It's going to be awesome. It will be. All right. And just want to remind everyone to that uh, about the ADSG Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. Um, go to coachingrewired.com um, to learn more. And uh, just want to thank Brendan once again for co-hosting this uh, with me. And Thank you for having um, me. yeah, we do this every month, every second Tuesday of the month. And uh, I hope to see some of you at the Chad conference coming up in Atlanta um, next month. Um, or I hope I saw you in Atlanta. If this is replaying on the podcast, it still hurts my brain when I'm thinking about like on the podcast, this comes out like later. Yeah. So I'm talking to you in the future, but it's like the past. It's so when this launches, we will have met in person. We've never met in person. We haven't. How funny is it? I didn't even realize that we've never met in person. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I think we should end it there. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. Thank you. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHD rewired.com support adhd rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash adhd rewired different levels of support get different perks you can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show, the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. 
VADHD Rewired Community is now a secret group on Facebook. So that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like 7 billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels, Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.